Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Holy shit. Did Mercury come to play or did Mercury come to play? So, y'all, let me tell you something. There has not been a news day like Monday in a long fucking time when I am actually gobsmacked by what comes across the Twitter feed and comes across the news feed. So let's just jump right in. As you all already know, Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon are out of cable news, out of their respective networks, Fox and CNN. So let's start first with Tucker Carlson, because that is the one that is giving the biggest shock across media. And here's the reason why. One, because Tucker Carlson has been the number one or two rated show for Fox News and in cable news for the last several years. He's pulling in, you know, three million plus viewers a night to his eight fueled toxic masculinity driven dribble of bullshit. Right. To his, you know, grievance bearing audience. And, you know, back in, I believe it was because I want to get this right, because the news is just kind of wild. But back in 2018, if you remember that long ago, and it's pre-pandemic, so Lord only knows where our minds go when we go to the tweens. But back in December of 2018, Tucker Carlson lost 26, 26 of his advertisers after he said that immigration makes the United States, quote, dirtier. Basically, my pillow was the only thing that was running ads on Tucker Carlson's show. But Fox decided to stand by their guy and they did not get rid of him. He went on other people's shows. According to this article in The Washington Post, he went on a show called Bubble of the Sponge. Okay, 
he made light of child marriage, calling rape shield laws, quote, totally unfair, describing women as extremely, quote, primitive and using sexist vulgarities. He is also at the center of a lawsuit by Abby Grossberg, who is suing Fox for sexual harassment and him and his producer, who was also fired on Monday, Justin Wells, are at the center of this lawsuit. And, you know, I got to say that Tucker Carlson has said a lot of hot shit, has done a lot of hot shit, a lot of racist shit, a lot of, you know, misogynist shit, a lot of anti-Semitic shit. And Fox has stood by him because he brings in the viewers. He brings in the dollars. So it's really shocking to find out that, first of all, and if you are watching the clips that have gone on with Tucker Carlson's laugh airing, which was Friday, April 21st, where, where he was eating pizza on the air and said, you know, we'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. It is clear by his sign off that he did not know on Friday that he was being fired. And then turn around now, Monday morning, right? Monday morning, Fox is still running promos for a Tucker Carlson show. And then it wouldn't be until now the afternoon or right around noon that the on-air announcement goes out that says Fox and Tucker Carlson have decided to, quote, part ways and that they want to thank him for his service, I guess, to destroying democracy and spreading lies. That costs the network $787 million. So, folks, this story is continuing to unfold. But I think that what is really just like, whoa, is I will be the first to say to you that I have said all along to $787 million to a multi-billion dollar network doesn't seem like much to me. That $787 million is probably what Rupert Murdoch you know, uses to go out to lunch. So it didn't seem like it was going to cause any type of serious waves. So, you know, I have been wondering, as everybody else in media is, has was it a combination of the things? Did Tucker Carlson's ego get the best of him in this situation where, you know, thanks to the Dominion lawsuit, we know through leaked private messages, what Tucker Carlson was really thinking, not only about Donald Trump, which he famously said he, quote, passionately hates, but what he also thought about Fox executives, right? And it wasn't too nice. I mean, I don't know about anybody who, you know, talks shit about their boss and then thinks that you ain't going to get fired. But this is what Tucker Carlson in one of the private messages that Dominion was able to get their hands on in their lawsuit said, quote, those fucks are destroying our credibility. I think, Tucker Carlson, you destroy your own credibility anytime you open up your mouth. But I digress. He later wrote, quote, a combination of incompetent liberals and top leadership with too much pride to back down is what's happening. And that's when he was referring to the election fraud conspiracy, you know, and as it would turn out, right, he would have a completely different tune when he was on air, because what we know about Fox, much in the same way that we know about Trump and all of Magadam, is that 
they created a beast that they can't control. So they pretty much placate and play to their base, whether they're a politician or a cable news anchor. And that upsetting, you know, Magadam isn't just about viewers, you know, turning off the channel. I actually believe that they're afraid of these motherfuckers since the insurrection because they know that they'll take up arms if Donald Trump directs them to do so. So this whole instance right now of Tucker Carlson being fired from Fox, and I had tweeted yesterday that that motherfucker is going to land on his hooves and people laughed, and I, I mean hooves, right? Because he's, you know, a jackass. He is a dog. He is, you know, whatever the name is that you want to say. But, you know, he lost all credibility as a human to me a long time ago. But the fact is, is that Fox is making changes. Now, whether or not this is going to result in a change in their content, please, folks, let us not hold our breath for fear we may pass out. Because understand that when Fox got rid of Bill O'Reilly because of his mountain of sexual harassment lawsuits, everyone was like, oh my God, the network is done. Oh my God, Bill O'Reilly was their guy, was the face of Fox. And then guess who comes in? Tucker Carlson. So this is a situation where, you know, you may think that you're cutting off the head of the snake, but that motherfucker just keeps regenerating. And that's what they do with the, you know, commentators over at Fox. There's always going to be somebody who is, you know, gross and evil and willing to debase themselves and willing to lie, you know, with abandon in order to claim the top spot at Fox. Right. And they will always welcome that person with open arms. And so we'll continue to follow this story as it unfolds. But I think that first, if you can get rid of Tucker Carlson, then everybody else at Fox needs to be watching their backs because it means that I believe, you know, and and we will see if it plays out to be true, that this is not going to be the last head to roll. It may be the first, but it is not going to be the last head to roll at Fox. And I would pay attention to those that were named in the defamation lawsuit by Dominion, those who were lifted up as carrying the water for the big lie night after night after night since 2020 and see what the cleaning of house uh, will ultimately look like. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, 
I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. So now, folks, switching gears from Fox to move over, as Fox was making their announcement, CNN said, hold my beer, and they fired Don Lemon. Now, what makes the firing of Don Lemon rich at this point is the fact that allegedly Don Lemon said via tweet, he broke his own fucking news, which was pretty fucking funny. If you ask me, he broke his own news by basically coming out and tweeting before the New York Times broke the story that he was not alerted by management at CNN that he was being fired, but that he was alerted by his agent that he was being fired. And, you know, folks, if you remember... This is what happened with Don Lemon. Don Lemon was on air on his morning show with his two women co-hosts where he made comments about women being past their prime when basically they get out of their 20s and their 30s, that they are no longer, you know, attractive. They're no longer needed, you know, like a whole host of things. It was pretty fucking foul. And both of the women co-hosts of the morning show on air tried to push back against Don Lemon and say, yeah, that's not the case, blah, blah. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. If you don't like what I'm saying, Google it. It's facts. And so following that on air cringe moment, Don Lemon was pulled off the air for a while. 
But there had been a lot of murmurings that much in the same vein as Tucker Carlson, that apparently Don Lemon thought that he was bigger than CNN, that he had become, you know, difficult to work with, that his ego was getting the best of him. And so, you know, to that, I will say the funny thing about TV and, you know, as somebody who has been going on TV and never hosted a show on TV, which is very, very different. But as somebody who goes on TV fairly regularly, I have come across hosts who were, you know, incredibly full of themselves, right? Like in some respect, in order to be on TV or think that your opinion matters, you have a healthy self-esteem. And also the reverse can be true is that like you need the applause and you need the attention in order to feel like you are a person of value. Like it, it runs the gamut. But to say that I've never come across people with like major egos who don't actually speak to their guests until the cameras turn on or that make you feel incredibly uncomfortable, like all of those things absolutely 100% happen on a regular basis. And so it's not shocking to hear that Don Lemon, who had been at the network for 17 years and has grown, you know, grew in prominence by CNN, household name, like everybody, you know, knows Don Lemon, knows his face. I don't think that he has the same distinguished, uh, like, is the face of CNN, but he is one of, you know, their most famous names and famous faces. But when you start to think that you and your personal brand are bigger than the network, network executives don't like that. You know, they do not like that. Uh, they like to be able to believe that they have power and a voice in what is said and how you move and what is done. It's one of the reasons, dear friends, that, you know, for a while when I first started on cable news, I was like so, 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 so willing. Um, This is like 10 years ago, over 10 years ago at this point, so willing to do whatever was asked, you know, look a certain way, sound a certain way. If you go back to my you know, clips of me on TV from like the 2010s up until probably around 2018, I wasn't as forthcoming, as brash, as some people would say, as bold as I am now when I go on television because I had been crossing my fingers and toes and playing the game in order to get a contributorship, in order to be considered for a show. And those people who do get those gigs walk and talk and sometimes look a certain way. And then it started to, you know, dawn on me that there is kind of a golden handcuff situation that happens when you become affiliated with a cable news outlet. They have the ability to control your social media. They have the ability to control what shows you go on, what you can say, what you can't say. And so while you have access and have this huge platform, you're not able to really offer to the extent that you want to what is on your mind because you're not going to go against or bite the hand that feeds you. We saw this with Tiffany Cross on MSNBC, who, you know, Fox News attacked Tucker Carlson, attacked her, and she went on the defensive and was not backed up by her network. And not only was she not backed up, she was fired. 
right, for coming to her own defense. And so you realize that there are some people, largely men, largely white men, who are able to do and say what they want for a time. But apparently this Mercury retrograde is also fuck around and find out season for some of these men in cable news. And so I tell you, like, it's all this is why one of the major reasons that I came to podcasting and I came to the development of Woke AF because I was like, fuck it. I don't want people telling me what to do. I don't want people telling me how to think and what to say and what stories to cover. So just know, you know, particularly shout out to my patrons that if you are, you know, supporting me and my voice, know that those resources go towards me being able to be and remain independent. Now, while I am so happy and fortunate to be with iHeart, they are an entity that's just like, we want you for you. Go ahead. Go forth. Do you. And those places are few and far in between to find. And so, you know, for people who always comment, and they're just like, you should be on TV. You should have a, you know, a TV deal. Yeah, at one time that was part of the dream. And then you get up close to that dream and you realize, oh, it's a, you know, it's a mirage and that that ain't it. But for those like Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon, there are those that, like Icarus, fly too fucking close to the sun and get their wings melted off. And that is what happened in two different instances for two different reasons. Because let me tell you, if Don Lemon were at Fox and had said the hot shit about women that he said there, it wouldn't have even touched a nerve, right? It probably would have been applauded, you know? And if Tucker Carlson were anywhere else and did a quarter, right, of the things that he's been able to do that have elevated him at Fox, he would have been fired, right? So, you know, this is playing to the audience in both instances with both networks playing to their audiences. In this instance, though, with Tucker, Fox has taken a bit of a fucking gamble because if you watched, their stock plummeted after the announcement came out. So we will see where this takes us. But let me tell you, it is a hell of a fucking way to start the week. And I, you know, people will laugh and joke, but Mercury went into retrograde on Friday after a solar eclipse that happened on Thursday. So if you think that astrological like energies do not take part in what is happening, this is something time and tested for thousands of years. Mercury retrograde is about communication, right? It is about outward presentation. It is about taking things slow because a lot of things that have to do with technology, with media, with speech oftentimes get misconstrued. And there's a kind of breakdown. So Mercury retrograde is a time for us to kind of move slower with more intention, right? Give ourselves some more time and grace and reflection, right? But I got to tell you, woof, Mm-mm. she did not come to play. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Wark, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. bring your attention to another story that really kind of took my breath away. And it is a piece by Derek Thompson in The Atlantic entitled America Fails at Civilization Test. Now, in this piece, which I got to tell you, friends, I highly recommend that you read this is how Derek Thompson starts it out. He said the average American, his age, he's in his mid-30s, is roughly six times more likely to die in the coming year than his counterpart in Switzerland. And what this piece goes on to talk about is how we have been measuring what the true test of a civilization is. And one of the truest tests is, can it keep its children alive, is what he says in the piece. And I want to read you this passage that I just, I was floored. Quote, how's the U.S. doing on the civilization test? 
when graded on a curve against its peer nations, it is failing. The U.S. mortality rate is much higher at almost every age than that of most Europe, Japan, and Australia. That is compared with the citizens of these nations, American infants are less likely to turn five. American teenagers are less likely to turn 30. And American 30-somethings are less likely to survive to retirement. He goes on to say, to write this. Last year, I called the U.S. the rich death trap of the modern world. The, quote, rich part is important to observe and hard to overstate. The typical American spends, get this, folks, spends almost 50% more each year than the typical Brit. And a trucker in Oklahoma earns more than a doctor in Portugal. But get this. He continues with, this extra cash ought to buy us more years of living. For most countries, higher incomes translate automatically into longer lives, but not for today's Americans. A new analysis by John Byrne Murdoch, a data journalist at the Financial Times, shows that the typical American, folks, hold on to your seats here, the typical American is 100% more likely to die than the typical Western European at almost every age from birth until retirement. Basically, money does not save us, right? So people believe that, okay, well, the U.S. is the richest nation, so then our maternal mortality rate should be much lower than it is. And you know from listening to this show that if you were talking about black maternal mortality rate, we know that one in five black women that go in to give birth die in this country, right? So just understand that when they are talking about average American numbers, that we are talking about white Americans, and that when you factor in for race and ethnicities, these numbers are even worse, right? So this is what Bern Murdoch who has done this study, says that, quote, the typical American baby is about 1.8 times, that's nearly two times, more likely to die in her first year than the average infant from a group of similarly rich countries. Australia, Austria, Switzerland, Germany, France, the UK, Japan, the Netherlands, and Sweden. Goes on, by the time an American turns 18, the U.S. death ratio surges to 2.8%. By 29, the U.S. death ratio rockets to 4.22, meaning, friends, that the typical American, again, when we say typical American, read that as white, is more than four times more likely to die than the average resident in the higher income nations. Now, there are a number of reasons that the author, Derek Thompson, and the analyst, Byrne Murdoch, observes. And 
One of them is what we talk about every week with our friend, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, which is guns. The CDC has reported that what? The number one killer of children and teens in this country is in obesity, is in cancer, is in car accidents. But it is gun violence, right? So with the rise in gun violence, which by the way, the number of gun deaths in this country have doubled in the past 10 years. It isn't that as the author writes, and I love this line so much, quote, America suffers not from a monopoly on despair and aggression, but from an oversupply of instruments of death. He goes on to write, we have more drug overdose death than any other high-income country because we have so much more fentanyl, even per capita, right? So we have not, as the media, mainstream media, or as the Republican Party, which is the death cult, would have us believe that, oh, everybody is just mentally ill, because if that were the case, then wouldn't one then create a health system that then cares for all of this mental and emotional instability, which they believe to be the cause of gun violence? No, because that would make too much sense. It isn't that we have more mentally unstable or emotionally unstable people than any other country, or that we have more pressures than any other country. No, we just are able to get an AR-15 in the way that most people in other countries go out to get coffee, right? So what I found really terrifying about this is that it's the guns, right? But then it is also our lack of access in this modern rich nation to universal health care. Because you see, all of the other countries that were mentioned have universal basic health care. So not only do we have more weapons and drugs of death, right? But we also don't have the health care infrastructure to actually deal with the other issues that we have, like obesity, which is incredibly high in comparison to other nations, right? Which is the fact that we are a largely sedentary country where we take 30% fewer steps. And this author, I love this so much, ties that into once again, wealth, because those that can afford to actually live in cities close in proximity to their jobs, right? Take more steps, are healthier, X, Y, and Z, but we all know that even since just the bubble of the pandemic, what housing costs have looked like, right? So the further out from a city that you live means that you are going to need to drive more, which means that you're going to spend that time that you would have walked a couple of blocks, right, to your place of employment. You're now spending hours in a car in order to get there. All of this is connected and it's all, what, what kills me, 
What kills me when I read this article is that it all can be fixed. But there's no desire, there's no will to fix it. So ain't nobody looking out for your health but you. Ain't nobody looking out for the information that you are consuming but you. And so overall, what is the theme of today's show? America is sick all the way across the board. And the question is, will anyone ever do anything about it? That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF as always. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.